When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hello, and welcome to the show. I'm Nikki Eisenhower, your host, life coach, and psychotherapist, and this is Emotional Badass, where Moxie meets Mindful. On today's episode, I'm sharing a story to teach about shame. I want to say before we get started that I'm just a little nervous today. I don't think I've ever shared this story to teach before, and I hope it helps you hold space for your own sweet self now, for the highly sensitive, confused kid you were or maybe are right now, or maybe there's an HSP kiddo in your life and my story might shine some light on some internal process. I know that I am not alone in being shamed for going for it. I think as a tribe, we want to go for things. We feel passionate in our hearts. So this is a story that I'm hoping resonates with a lot of you. I want a lot out of this episode. I, I also realize that if you haven't worked with a therapist that you've really clicked with in your life, I, I think a lot of people don't understand what it is to truly process what that means, how that's different than just dwelling on something and, and turning it around over and over again. So I, I hope to share this story as part of my process. When I allow myself to wander in different moments, it, it shows me what shaped me. I was working on a course and I added a song, which I often do to my work. And I was editing and had some music on and was just kind of hanging out and chilling and having a good old time working on my course. And then all of a sudden, big realization hit me and a memory flooded back. I went to elementary school at Edward Hines in New Orleans. I loved this little school. This little school was a source of much safety and the teachers there held me with a lot of kindness and a lot of love. I also happened to be part of the pilot gifted program in New Orleans. So it was the, the very first uh, pilot program for gifted students. And that program, in a lot of ways, I have credited with saving my life. It held me and gave me personal attention. Those classes were very teeny tiny. And those teachers, teachers, I know you know what I'm talking about if you're out there, because the program was new, it wasn't overly regulated yet. So the teachers had a lot of freedom to do whatever they wanted and really 
dive deeply into their creativity. So I think also part of what happened for me at that time was that my teachers were very energized about what they were doing. And as a sensitive empath, I could feel that. And so the flow between my learning and their exuberance about my learning was very enriching. I finished Edward Hines through sixth grade. I tested for the magnet school in New Orleans and passed. I really wanted to go. But we moved into the suburbs and the, the story, and in healing work, we talk a lot about the story, the, the story we tell ourselves. And often as we're processing, we're figuring out the stories we've been told. And the story that I was told about leaving New Orleans to go to St. Tammany Parish was a story of the big bad city and the suburbs being wonderful meccas of education. Leaving Edward Hines at sixth grade and going into seventh grade at a new school was a complete culture shock to me because it was the opposite of what I had been told. My inner city New Orleans school was so young and pure. I wasn't allowed to wear cherry chapstick because that was color on the lips. Our shorts had to be to our knee, and that wasn't a suggestion. That was serious. So we were covered up. We were very modest. We weren't into makeup yet. When I went to the suburban junior high school, I was shocked at how adult the other kids were. I felt very inadequate. I felt awkward. I felt babyish, and they felt much older. They wore full faces of makeup and push-up bras and cleavage and short booty shorts that I didn't own and wasn't allowed to wear. I didn't understand how to fit in or wear. I was completely awkward in my body, tense every single day. I don't even remember now what class it was for, maybe history, but we got one of those younger people assignments. Do you remember those? We had to pick a figure in history to do a presentation on, and each person would get up in front of the class and teach the class about the famous person that they had chosen. Other kids chose sports figures or musicians. I chose Marilyn Monroe. Now, it strikes me even today that at 12 years old, I was resonating with Marilyn Monroe. I was fascinated by her. I could tell that she was beautiful on the outside and adored with all kinds of attention. But I think I could connect with her woundedness beneath the surface, with her low self-esteem and her fear. And while there's some conspiracy around how she died, most of us accept that she overdosed in her 30s. So it became my turn to do my presentation. And up until this time in my household with my grandparents, and with my teachers and my other classmates that were in this gifted program where we got focused attention, I had been encouraged to go for it constantly. And I loved to learn. So I would completely dork out on any assignment that was given to me. And I, I got to use my creativity so fully. And I didn't hold it back. So here I was in this new school where I felt awkward. And here comes this, this assignment where I actually get to pick. So I made the, the tri-fold board and did a presentation on her. And this was pre-internet, kids. This meant going to the library. This meant microfiche. This meant books and copies. And I talked about her life. And I got really brave 
and went up there and really got into that confidence that I had in going for it. And I sort of disconnected from the energy in the room, heard my voice quivering, but pushed through until I got a little bit more smooth and got to flow. And I had worked really hard. This was before iTunes. This was before Spotify. I had to listen on the radio to try to catch the Elton John song, Candle in the Wind. It was a song that he wrote. He collaborated in writing it about Marilyn's life, about how she lived like a candle in the wind and that her flame blew out too early. So at the end of my presentation, I don't remember now, I think I had to reserve the tape recorder. But after listening on the radio and trying to catch it with my tape recorder, I finally caught the full song and I brought it into class. And at the end of that presentation, I put in the tape and I hit play. And then I turned and sort of reconnected with the classroom. And to this day, I don't know how I didn't throw up on the floor because instead of the other children giving me the looks that I expected, which were congratulatory and good job and wow, that was neat. That is not what I got. I got shame. I got disdain. I got looks that said, what is wrong with her? Why did she do that? No one else had played a song. I got ridiculed for that presentation, teased on the playground. And I remember thinking, I'm never doing that again. I'm never trying that hard. I I need to hide this. Trying to talk my way out of feeling that pain again in the future. And it's moments like that where a lot of our walls go up. And it still makes me emotional for myself, for all of you that are listening, for the kids that that's happening for right now somewhere, that they are lighting up, that they're just like me, showing their true gifts, showing something that they're passionate about, that they're excited about, that they feel about as little HSPs in the world. It's such an unfortunate part of our humanity that the power of a look can shake that in another human being. Have you ever wished that you had a direct line to your pediatrician to ask them all the questions that constantly crop up while parenting? Well, we hear you, and we have been there too. That's why we launched the Bites of Health podcast. Every morning, we'll answer a commonly asked pediatric question in five minutes or less. You can tune in while you're making your second cup of coffee or from the school drop-off line. Who are we? I'm Dr. Jess Steyer, a public health scientist and also co-host of the Unbiased Science Podcast. Every day, I'll chat with one or both of your new pediatrician besties, Dr. Dina DiMaggio, a general pediatrician, and Dr. Anthony Porto, a pediatric gastroenterologist. We'll talk about all the things related to our kids' health, from dealing with a colicky infant to navigating puberty in the teenage years. So be sure to tune in to Bites of Health, now live on all podcast platforms. I would love to be able to tell you that I am 100% healed up from that and the hundreds of other incidents that influenced me to, to struggle with nothing ever being good enough, with being fearful of really going for things. I can promise you that I go for things full force, but those feelings and those old voices still come up. And what I've learned to do is what so many of you are learning to do with me in individual sessions or in part from listening to the show or participating on Patreon, 
working with your own therapists and coaches and healers, you're learning what it means to sit with these feelings and to nurture ourselves through. So every time I'm going to release an episode and every time that my inner child creeps up from the depths and whispers to me, wait, are you sure you want to do that? What if there's backlash? What if they make fun of you? What if it's not taken the way that you mean it? What if, what if, what if? As a young woman, I would listen to her and I would let her start to drive my life. Or I'd get mad at her and want to shame her away. Of course I did. I learned to shame myself in tender moments because I got shamed in tender moments. That's what healing is, y'all. I have to sit with myself sometimes before releasing an episode, sometimes before facing some things, sometimes before going for it in various ways in my life. I have to allow that inner child's voice to come up from the depths and I have to listen to her and hold her. And I have to give her what she didn't get in that moment back to her seat after that presentation, listening to Elton John's music awkwardly playing in the junior high classroom. I have to tell her it's okay. Take a deep breath. Remember, you have big me now. And big me knows I don't have to care what other people think. Big me knows that it's okay to go for it, that the risk is worth it that we don't have to play small and it is a little scary and we can't please everybody and we don't have to try to please everybody. And your expression is good enough. Your expression counts. Your expression matters. The way that you want to do it is okay. Your passion is a good place to teach from. Don't let anyone dim your light, not even the idea of them. I often visualize in that moment, brightening as if I'm turning up a light, brightening for grown-up me, brightening for little kid me. Those are the messages I missed out on. And these are the messages that we need of self-compassion, of deepening our understanding of why we are the way we are right now, so that we know how to compassionately hold ourselves and self-nurture to break down some of those bricks of those old walls that we built. Because when we build up those walls, we do it for damn good reason. But those walls, they keep the light out. They keep good things out. It's true, we don't take any risks when we build up a lot of walls. That's not how I want to live. I cried when this memory came back to me. I cried in sadness for the purity of what was lost in that moment for me. And I cried for the beautiful healing that it is to realize I am honoring that inner child. I am honoring that inner passion. Even way back then in seventh grade, I can look back and see that I was trying to connect with other people's senses because that's how I felt. That's how I moved through the world. And I was so lost in it and confused. So yeah, I still sometimes cry about how miraculous it is that I am here where I am, that I am happy and hopeful and proud. And I have released so much of that dysfunctional shaming. I hope something about my story helps you 
take compassionate, nurturing care of yourself. That is the healing so many HSPs are craving and need. And if you have walls up about addressing or talking to your inner child, that's okay. Know that all of us do. No one hears the first therapist say, talk to your inner child and buys it initially without doubt. It's okay to doubt it. It's okay to feel weird. It's okay to feel awkward. But if you want to heal as quickly as you want to heal, that is the work. Allow someone in your world as a healer to help you figure out how to face that aspect of yourself. It is the fastest path to healing that I know how to offer myself and you. And the beautiful thing, because I know some of you are hearing, oh, no, but things still come up for her. I just want it to be over. When things come up for me, they're so quick now. They might take a couple minutes, maybe an hour. And in early healing, it's really common for things to take weeks or months to move through and past. We get better little bit by little bit, and the pace is okay. We don't have to fight the pace. Thank you so much for listening today. Thank you for sharing the show and helping other highly sensitive people find this content. I want to thank some of you for giving amazing five-star reviews on our iTunes, the pack five. Thank you for your sweet review. I'm glad you're getting tools out of the podcast. It makes me happy. Thank you. Thank you for that acknowledgement. Aha Alliance. I'm glad I've seen pulled together and charming a little bonus from my Southern parts. <laughs> I'm glad you're out there listening. Someone's name who wrote a review is I never spend money on apps. Good for you. I'm glad you're learning how to cope and breathe. I think this says Sarah G. Carr. I'm glad I'm shedding light. Soft Kitten 314. She says it's almost like I'm listening to my weird inner voice talk back to me and say everything's cool. You're not alone. I do try to center and speak from a soul place. I'm, I'm glad that you can feel that. Thank you for these reviews. It really, really helps the back end of the podcast. If you're interested in finding out more ways that you can work with me, come find our website emotionalbadass.com. You can track down all of my stuff from there. I hope you live a shame-free day today and continue to do the work to let go of all the strange ways that we've absorbed shame so that we can wring it out and live our best life. Let our true self and our natural gifts shine. Take care of yourselves. Until next time. I'm an emotional badass, you are an emotional badass, and together we are where Moxie meets Mindful. Bye-bye.